We're just jumping right in. Let's jump into this. Just no intro? No intro. You guys know the show. I think we probably do. You guys being us. You guys being me. When you say you guys know the the show, it's like... Are we starting to hate ourselves? Oh, I've hated. Are we starting to hate? I've hated myself since 1994. See, that's what I'm trying to avoid. Actually, I've hated I, myself I since 1993. Like I was an early 1994 birth, meaning as soon as I was conceived, I think that even as a, as in my brief tenure as a fetus, I began to sort of develop a resentment for myself. Before I that was, was sort you were you were ahead of, you were ahead of the self-deprecating curve. Yeah, I mean, this is like. I was conceived during the early run of Seinfeld, like the early years, like season three. So, yeah. you know, good quality material. Yeah, it was before. I mean, what's the deal with babies? Babies who despise themselves. They hate themselves. They hate you. What's the deal with airline food? Yeah, I I wouldn't. That's eat. my George Costanza impression. <laughs> That's George Costanza. Okay, have you watched Seinfeld? <laughs> I uh, no, I, I I apparently I wouldn't eat as a baby. Uh, it was very hard because you hate me. food. No, because I hate myself, and I wanted to. I didn't, you know, I didn't. I wanted to die. Yeah. I wanted to, like, I was a suicidal baby. I was not interested in eating because right. I figured, you know, I could, I could stage a hunger strike long enough for me to, to die j- during my infancy. The, the the issue is though, as a baby, your only mode of communication is just incessantly crying. So your parents are just like, oh, he's so cute, and you're gonna, you know, console him and feed him his little wavy bottle and wah wah. But in reality, you're like, get away from me, mom and dad, because I'm going down the gravy train of um, postpartum depression. I had my own postpartum for your, for depression, your, but no, yourself? I didn't want to be in the world. Um, but no, I actually came out uh, multilingual, uh, not just really. Bilingual. Yeah, I, I was fully fluent in English, um, uh, Mandarin and uh, some version of Latin. Like an old, like when you think of Latin, like ancient, like a, Roman? Yeah, 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 further back, like the furthest back. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. like BC, like BC, BC Latin, C Latin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like when you send an email to multiple people like, and you don't want some people to see that other people are on the email chain. I was that right. version of Latin, BCC Latin, before Christ. Like back, C, C, C. Like back in the day. Yeah, see, see, you would like be in a, you'd be like in a group of Italians. Like talking Latin, and then like some I don't know Greek guy comes over and he's like, "Hey, what's going on, guys?" And in his native ancient Greek, and you you're like, "Oh, let's BCC this guy." Yeah, I would tell and him you'd to go be- fuck himself, but he wouldn't know because in four different languages. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I always thought BCC CC meant before um, common criminal uh, enterprises, but I, I I think I took a weird, uh, you know. What's it called when um, things aren't normal? Life? Um, no. What's the word when it's like you don't learn? You know, I took like a different type of history class. Alternative. What's the word? I'm alternative history. Alternative. Yeah, I took an alternative history class uh, where they they taught me interesting things. I'm surprised they would and offer we'll, those. Well, I went to an interesting university. I went to um, realfakenews.truefacts.com.edu.university.ca. Uh, oh, so the University of Phoenix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's on all those uh, subway ads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
So while I was there, I, I learned something from one of my professors, uh, famous Hollywood actor Terrence Howard. Maybe you've heard of him. Uh, yeah. Uh, no. Yeah, he's <laughs> the guy. He played um, uh, RoboCop in that new show. What's it called? Empire. He was that guy. He played RoboCop in a show called Isn't Empire About the Music Business? How did RoboCop no, get into that? Because it's about the uh, empire of a cyborg taking control of the future. Kind of like the Terminator. Oh, and this is a recent show? Yeah, I think it came out like three weeks ago. Oh, okay. So you, I'm talking about you, you empire. You won't be able the, to find it. No. It's it's pretty new. You won't be able to Google it. So it does. Oh, interest. Ah. Ah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It doesn't exist, does it? It doesn't. Oh, but it yeah. does. So, yes. So uh, Terrence Howard, yeah, he was one of the professors there at Real True Fake University.ca, and he he taught me this interesting thing. It's called he calls it teriology, based off himself. It's a bad start, but um, okay. yeah, it, it's quite vain, but it's it's to him it's the true universal math, where one times one actually equals two. R- okay, so he he's what's happened here is he's developed an entire way of thinking. That's simply based on mixing up the plus sign with the multiplication sign. He has created his own unique mathematical language to refute what is possibly the most uh, concrete scientific thing that history and mankind and Earth and physics has ever you know, worked with. And he decides um, as an actor that he's smarter than everyone else and he's going to throw that on its head. Um, what he's done is he, he has devoted apparently up to like 17 hours a day, uh, cutting up wires and plastic to form these like building block contraptions, uh, that he believes will bring truth to the universe to show people that one times one actually equals two. Um, he's actually like created his own symbols and he posted this all on Twitter. Um, uh, he did, he basically didn't want anyone to steal his patents. Right. That's why I'm not on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah, because he posted it, and a lot of people, uh, in fact, 100% of people looked at it and said, uh, Terrence, your math, um, quoting Albert Einstein, is just plain wrong. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't even know where to begin with that. I mean, <sighs> Actors, am I right? Actors. Actors. Lesbians. Think they're above the law of science. You don't even need to be an actor, but like I had a phase like it back in like 1998 where I was kind of on that sort of wavelength. I wasn't into any acting yet, but I had some strong opinions about the universe and existentialism and uh, science and mathematics uh, as a whole. Um, about three weeks into preschool, I started to sort of decide for myself that the knowledge I was being given up until that point in my life, I, I decided to reject most of it so essentially then what i want to hear from you is what is your brilliant conspiracy theory that refutes all known logic but is so true and you can prove it to be so true that no one can argue against you you claim to be this magnificent wizard of knowing alternative well i was a mathlete in high school most people don't True, know that I was a mathlete, and so I have that sort of um, holier than thou sort of look mm-hmm. at the world. Like I, I can tell you honestly, like 
And you have access to the internet. I have so access to the internet, and I was God. I was selected by my grade eight teacher to represent our school in a mathematic competition in which I was eliminated so early that my parents hadn't even arrived in the auditorium, <laughs> and I was already sat down and would remain seated gone. for the following three <laughs> hours. I mean, am I making this up for a podcast? No, I'm not. That's a true story. Um, <laughs> and that's part of my past that I carry with me wherever I go. But no, I would say my conspiracy theory. Um, to quote Chris Martin from Coldplay uh, mm-hmm. and, and, and the opening song uh, off their album Parachutes that came out 20 years ago almost to the day, um, he sings, we live in a beautiful world. We'd, we don't. We right. live in a okay. steaming pile of shit. Can you back this up with true real facts? Edu. Uh, I can. Uh, I saw a homeless man uh, at Bloor and Yun, a very busy intersection in Toronto. Um, you know those trees that are planted, um, and they're very skinny. Like I, we're on video call, so you can see what I'm doing right now. But it's like 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 a young baby tree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like so skinny you could easily wrap your hand around like the s- trunk of the like tree. Like some sort of fir tree if you will yeah I, I don't know my trees but we're looking at like the paris hilton of of, of um arboration what's so, arboration so like, arboration like doesn't mean tree arboration means like if we were in like a divorce hearing and we'd have I, that's arbitration arbitration maybe arboration is a thing aberration what's aberration is that when you something is like so you it just disgusts you so much or is it like it's abhorring no that's admiration no that no admiration is when you like something and an admiral is oh, a sea Oh, I've captain. misused that word for a long time. I've missed that. Oh, you, oh I've oh, I've really changed a lot of my relationship by misusing that word. I really thought that was despise, to despise something. So you, you really admire Terrence Howard then? Yeah. Genuinely. That's why I should have taken better English classes. Anyways, mm. um, where were we? Right. I saw a man, a homeless man, peeing on one of those skinny trees as if he was trying to hide behind it. Right, but no human being who is like, not like a POW would be able to hide behind one of these trees, and so he he was out in the open. It you know, Bloren Yeah, it's an extremely I've, busy. I've seen trees. Yeah, you've seen trees. You've seen the intersection, and you've seen men peeing. I, I also haven't seen trees at the intersection. They're just like, I've seen people. They're on the sidewalk. Look like trees. True, but th- these are like. They're on. They're just sporadically placed on the sidewalk, planted by the city for you know, give her a greener look. He was standing. So you could like take it home. No, no, no. It's like, are they for sale? No, no, no. They're like. Why? I don't know. I don't know. But the, the but Can they're you call the mayor. I feel like okay. They're one of those things you don't pay attention to. You walk down the street. You 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 see them. You don't think anything of it. But then when you see a man trying to pee, and conceal his his penis behind one of these trees, you realize. Oh, that's a very skinny tree. Oh, it's not it working. Opens your at all. mind. Yeah, yeah. You start it's to like see. It's like the fourth dimension. You start to see the world for what it is. It, it, you do. And so I was driving through the city uh, a couple weeks ago, and I saw this man do that, and and like full, like I saw the whole thing, and I like you know mm-hmm. what I mean, because he wasn't hidden, and that's that's kind of what I mean. We don't live in a good world. We live in a, a foul. A place where where the city doesn't even have the responsibility to plant thick enough trees for us to piss behind in some of our city's most um, populated intersections. 
I think I should be able to urinate there. I mean, I, I, I assume, too, that the lack of uh, accessible public washrooms oh. probably takes precedent over the fact that there's one single tree for you know, probably, you know, seven million people mm-hmm. to use as a bathroom. Yeah. Um, first of all, what they should do is at least charge you minimum 10 cents to use the tree oh. to at least, you know, rake in some income. And then they can fix up the potholes that have been on Mulberry Street since 1938. Yep. Um, that's something that I want to see done, and I'm going to email my local counselor at localcounselor.ca um, <laughs> to spout that. I, I'm curious for your opinion on something because it, it, it ties into another story from yesterday. And you know I have opinions. I, you're made up of them. Um, well, do you want to hear my opinion on that? Yeah. I agree. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the thing. Building off this homeless man who was peeing on the tree. Yesterday, I was on a hike with my friends, uh, okay. and we're in this big wooded a wooded glen, if you were. Uh, like a larger tree. Oh, big big trees. Like it, You know what it gave me? the Let's let's do a throwback to, Harry, to the episode where we discussed Harry Potter. Give me a for, uh, Forbidden Forest vibe is what I was getting from this forest. Okay, yeah. Yeah, very I, dense. I don't know what you're saying. Okay, yeah. but most people will. Uh, that being yeah. said, our listeners are you Maybe. and me, so half the listeners don't know. Half our uh, listeners don't understand know. what a tree is called. Yeah. Um, so I was in this forest. We were going for a hike. I drank a bottle of water. I need to pee. There was no one around but the three of us. Mm-hmm. And we were just about done the hike. And I said, you two continue on ahead. I will catch up. I'm going to go pee behind this tree. Normal human activity. A, first question. Why do men, when they need to pee in public, in the woods or in a camping trip, why do we pee onto a tree? Do we think that we're helping the tree with the nutrients of our urine? That's my first question. No, no, but I would love to answer that one. Do you, do um, you have an answer? I do. I do have an answer. Okay. All right. So basically, you know how throughout history, mankind has domesticated animals. Yes. It's been our mission. We want to tame the you know the cattle, the chickens, cats, cougars, um, cougars, elephants, um, Leon, dogs, leons. Yep. Lioness as, as, as well. Yes. Um, so dogs, uh, being man's best friend, literally because we can't form friendships with humans because they have emotions. And we despise them. Um, we despise them very much, whereas dogs love us unconditionally. Mm-hmm. We love dogs unconditionally until they bite you and you have to get rabies. Yes. Um, and then there's love no more. Then there's no more love. And there's you just foam. Old yeller. Foam in the mouth. Yeah. Jeez. Um, so as our best friend, when dogs live with people, they tend to take after us a little bit. You know, if you're a couch potato, your dog turns into a couch potato. If you learn Latin, your dog can learn Latin. It, it's just a thing that we do. We have a special bond. And I feel that when we go out into nature and use the washer, <laughs> as dogs do, we pee on a tree to symbolize our connection to, th- to the canines. Because dogs pee on objects, right. uh, male dogs mostly. Right. Um, hard pressed for a female dog to pee on a tree. Um, so we kind of use our connection to dogs to show that we are like them and we basically are the same. And we think that we should have the same rights as dogs. We think that we belong um, to this special, sacred, I guess it's a male bond um, of, I guess you can call it some sort of urine cult. Right. Where we all just have an understanding of we must pee on objects 
to prove to the dog gods that we are as good a, a boy as they are and that we can get into dog heaven one day too. Interesting. So you think all men are born into a urine cult and we're peeing on trees wherever we go uh, to appease a dog god. I guess that makes sense. Here's the interesting. Well, think about it. Did you ever learn to pee on a tree by watching someone else? No, it was instinctual. Probably my father. Have I ever seen my dad pee on a tree? I don't know. I think you exactly. I well, I I are we peeing? It's instinctual. Are we peeing on a tree to pee on the tree? Are we peeing on a tree to be behind the tree? Because here's what happened yesterday, and it's ironic that you bring up the dog thing because I was my two friends. They have a dog. I've never had a dog, so I've never had the dog um, connection. But there was a dog there, and they walk ahead. I start to pee behind the tree. Because mm-hmm. you're instinctually trying to appease the other dogs. I, that, but I, I, thought, I thought on the surface level I was trying to hide my appendage as I relieved myself. And what ended up happening was even though the, I couldn't see anyone in the entire forest, a runner mm-hmm. came. Yeah. And it was a weird yeah. sort of situation where there's a runner. He was coming, and there's multiple trails. And I see him far off, and I'm like, I'm okay. And I'm, I'm like yeah. midstream here. And he turns off to another trail. I'm like, okay. Then he dramatically veers through the trees and back onto the trail coming towards me. And and I'm, you know, like, I'm. it's happening and there's nothing I can do to stop it. Yeah. So it's one exactly. of the, you're just like, I had like a real Sophie's choice. Like, I either stare this man dead in the eyes because I know he's going to see me. Like, the trail goes right by the tree I'm at. Like, there's not a chance this man doesn't see me. So I either stare him dead in the eyes and basically say non-vocally, I'm peeing here, sir. Move along. Or I withdraw mid-pee and just, as I've alluded to in uh, previous episodes, but this is a bit more of an innocent uh, occasion, wet myself. Right. What would you have done? Um, funny enough, this actually leads into my second conspiracy now that you've brought it up. Right. Um, I, it's, it's funny that you mentioned, you know, all was quiet, all was clear and, and, you know, lonely when you went to go. Um, but as soon as you start, someone shows up yep. and I feel, I feel like this is a thing that happens all the time, whether you're, you know, going to, you're going to go do something that shouldn't be done in public. Um, I, you know, go to the washroom publicly, um, get a divorce, things like that. It, things Things you want to do privately in public, it's always quiet. There's no one around. And then when you start to do it, someone pops up around the corner. It's like the old saying, you know, if if a man pees in a forest, will someone uh, arrive during the act? Yes. Always. Yeah. Always. It's going to be a jogger or it's going to be a cop waiting to write you up. Yep. And uh, what? so what I think is happening is that there must be some sort of extraterrestrial uh, puppet um, company that – Every time they, you know, they use their ESP mind powers to see when people are doing something privately in public, they they have someone ready uh, to send in a puppet or some sort of, you know, husk of a being just just to mess with that person. You know, they might not even be aware, like the jogger might not even be a, a true human that's aware of what he's doing. Okay. But he's been put there uh, by these alien puppeteers just to make you nervous, to kind of teach you a lesson. Right. That, you know. You should be doing this in the comfort of your own washroom. Right. 
even that even if that washroom is like an hour away and like you, even if it's an yeah right like you can be say uh i don't know you're um on a trip into the wilderness the deep wilderness of alaska and you've been trekking alone for four weeks you haven't seen anyone no footprints nothing you're so deep in the forest that it's about you know a 17 week hike back out and back in and you know you decide to set up camp and while you're setting up camp, you decide, oh, man, there's a small little thin tree over there. I better go relieve myself. Wait, I'm just no curious. I'm curious about something. You said you'd been on the hike for four weeks, but somehow it was a 17-week hike back in or out, meaning whatever way you came, it was impossible to return that way. You had to yeah, add 13 weeks to the journey? You've lost all concept of direction. Okay. Because everyone that wanders in the woods gets lost. Well, not all who wander are lost. You know who said that? John Wayne. Oh, it's very possible. I actually have no idea who said it. So <laughs> it's very possible. Let's just. He could have. Yeah, he probably. It seems I like. I attribute it to him. Yeah. I'm gonna steal that quote. <laughs> you what know who it? said that? Justin Grisham. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've already forgotten what it was. Uh, not all who wander are lost. Right. Yeah. But those who are, will go to do something by themselves. And then, long story short, you're so deep in the woods, whatever, blah blah blah, yada yada yada. Someone shows up. And ruins your day. Yep. But so, yeah. So what I would do in that situation is I, I would probably continue. And knowing that that person is probably not a real human, it's probably some sort of figment of the simulation. Yep. Uh, I would just continue on because they don't have emotions. Right. See, I, I, I just didn't cognitively, I didn't reach that sort of ethereal analysis of the situation. So I withdrew uh, midstream. <laughs> And then I just returned to my friends with like, uh, you know, it, like it looks like I, I I squirted a, I put my thumb over a hose and just got, and I was like, that happened. And and the funny thing is I returned to my friends on the trail and the jogger was like six feet behind me. So like yeah. the, I didn't have to say anything. The entire situation was visually explained immediately. Because <laughs> it was, yeah, it was all, uh, you know, built to be that way. Yeah. Yeah, because you know those people, uh, people, sorry, extraterrestrials, taught you a very valuable lesson. Yeah, he did. He don't drink, don't drink water. Just don't drink nope, water. Don't drink anything. It's not, it's not worth the risk. Don't eat, don't drink, don't go outside. Just the sit one in thing your you home. can eat. Stick to tacos oh. from Danny Trejo's Taco Truck, now sponsored in the tri-state area. Nothing. Trejo's Tacos. That's good eating. Yep. I uh, I had some tacos yesterday. They were from Trejo Tacos, uh, and I not a sponsor, not a sponsor um, from the tri-state area. And they were so they. It's interesting what Trejo's Tacos is doing, and I appreciate it because normally, you know, like you you, you have friends who go to like New York City, and they they say like, oh my god, I went to this restaurant. It was incredible. You got to get the food there. Mm -hmm. But you know, we're 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 in, we're in Canada. We're in Toronto. We we can't access. The delicacies of New York. What I like about Trejo's Tacos is that they are, they've done this sort of partnership with like Skip the Dishes and Uber Eats and all that thing, mm -hmm. where when you go on the app, it would normally just give you geographic based um, options. Trejo's Tacos shows up no matter where you are. Interesting. So, as someone from Toronto, I was able to order Trejo's Tacos. Mm -hmm. um, on a Tuesday night. They arrived on the Sunday night. 
they were soggy. They were they were the meat was certainly expired. Um, mm-hmm. Usually, yeah, and then the, the sort of the salsa had sort of uh, 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 sogged down the the taco shell until it was just sogged this sog down the taco shell. <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. Too. Yeah, it, until like, it was this sort it's of ready to crack open. Yeah, it looked like your skin after you've been in the pool for too long, like your right. fingers, and and I'll tell you, it was disgusting. Oh my god, the, the meat had been cooked. Five days prior, uh, and, and sat and in then a delivery truck in the salsa. Yeah, and 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 we've experienced record high uh, temperatures, uh, I believe, just on the East Coast in general um, this past week. So, I was eating tacos that had sat in a boiling hot delivery truck for five days, and I got to tell you, it's it's not the way to experience Trejo's tacos. If anything, I still want to advocate for them, and I want to say, mm-hmm. people. Go there, go to the taco uh, stand, to the taco truck, to the taco uh, establishment, brick and mortar establishment. Don't you're 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 tainting your experience of Treos tacos if you're going to order them on Uber Eats for five day delivery. Don't do delivery, Danny. Danny, don't do delivery. No, that should be the slogan for Treos tacos. Yes, yes. Danny, don't do delivery. Is it folks? Um, it's worth noting that, yes, tri-state area Treo tacos are the best in the tri-state area. Mm-hmm. Um, They're just not the best in of, any other area because it's very difficult to transport tacos safely yeah. uh, and, and uh, maintain quality. Exactly. And going off the tri-state area, I want to – and also speaking of restaurants, I want to talk to you about this um, other uh, deep-rooted conspiracy going on the theme here. Fantastic. Um, I'm sure you've heard of the famous um, Australian restaurant chain, the Outback. Oh, Outback Steakhouse. Uh, what, what can I say about Outback Steakhouse? It's it's a steakhouse. Mm-hmm. Outback. It's Outback. It's Outback. My dad loves it. Uh, I love it. Uh, That's the number one Yelp review. Is just my dad. My loves dad it loves this stars. place. Yep. Um, had many a good experience there. Never been. So. Did you know that the Outback Steakhouse is sponsored by Satan? No. Sa- is Satan a company or is, Sa- is Satan the, 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 no, like hell, the uh, hellish entity? Being, yes. Yeah, the hellish entity, uh, the devil. Oh, okay. Himself. okay. So um, this interesting uh, little fact that I stumbled upon, true, true fact, true, real fact. Dot edu. Dot edu. Dot ca. Is if you look at the layout of Outback Steakhouses in most major American cities, the way that they are um, situated forms a pentagram. In inside the restaurant, you mean? No, 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 no. In the city, so you have an outback. Uh, for example, oh. Phil- the outbacks in Philadelphia. Right. There's one in the north. You can't see me gesturing, but I'm pointing up. Right. There's one in the north. Uh, one in the east, south, west, southeast, west, whatever. Yep. And if you draw a line between them all, it forms a pentagram. Do you think there's any chance this- that they just tried to put their their restaurants in different corners of the city? That's what they want you to believe. Right. But really what they are trying to do is um, create what is quite possibly the apocalypse by making everyone in not just the tri-state area, but the tri-state country, the tri-state world, if you will, gorge themselves on blooming onions until that they, 
they they do it in a way where once a certain amount of bloom and onions have been consumed in a certain region, the pentagrams will alight and combine and produce Satan himself, who will come and give us the ultimate blooming onion, which will send us straight to hell. Well, that's compelling, if nothing else. And it's interesting. It's, it's true. It's interesting the way it lines up with um, the activist uh, Greta Thunberg's uh, theories. Not theory. I mean, it's very science-based. On very true, very facts. true uh, real facts studied you uh, um, based uh, her, her sorry her facts uh, about the end of the world uh, being environmental based and all that it's interesting that this environmental apocalypse that uh, she believes is impending and your conspiracy theory about a sort of a hellish apocalypse, rooted in an outback steakhouse there those are very closely aligned i i th i would i would hmm. argue that that might just be part of the same theory that, that greta thunberg just hasn't quite pinpointed the fact that most of the environmental issues that she is uh, advocating against uh just stem from an outback a, a pentagram series yeah. of outback steakhouses across the united states well, it's because nobody really expected Australia to be at the forefront of the apocalypse. Um, but all the wildfires that they had earlier in the year, yep. that was probably Satan's oven where he was roasting the ultimate blooming onion. Yes. Yes. Also, it's true. No, noteworthy. You can't look it up, but it's true. One of the first Real celebrities. Facts. I mean, we, you know what? I, I was about to mention something we've never mentioned off the show. Mm -hmm. One of the first celebrities to get this, this, uh, this bug that's going around. Tom Hanks. Where was he yeah. when he got it? Australia. Australia. Baby. Shooting the Elvis movie. Calling it now. Yep. The Outback Steakhouse 2022. That's it. That's presidential run. That's what you're and saying, funny right? funny enough, Treo's Tacos, being the counter to the Outback Steakhouse, probably going to be the site of the ultimate battle between good and evil. Yes. I would say so. I. It could be the WWE Smackdown of the century. America would be the country to have an apocalyptic battle between an Outback Steakhouse and, a, and Danny Trejo's taco truck chain. That's like, like you take something that's so fitting. Yeah, you take something. That's the country where you take something that's so like has nothing to do with um, consumerism or, or capitalism, mm -hmm. and then it would be so deeply rooted in like. It'd be like if the Cola Wars ended the world. Actually, involved people. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, killing each other over Pepsi and Coke. Yeah, I would 100% buy it. It's actually, it's like you, you have the the battle of New York City. It wasn't just like, oh, who can have the most Coca Cola sales? No, it's like we were fighting for territory. Yeah, 100%. Literally. Speaking of the battle of New York City, and and New York restaurants, um, a friend told me about this place in New York, a restaurant where it's like a very hipster place where the whole shtick is you're supposed to be quiet. Oh, like one of those deaf restaurants? Not fully quiet. You're not silent, but you're supposed to whisper. You don't you don't okay. raise your voice and if you do apparently the bartender shush and it's very dimly lit and and my friend was saying it would be a good place to take a date. Right. I had a counter argument. It's actually the perfect place and we've kind of touched on this in a previous episode of the show, not not this restaurant, but the, the concept of this. It's the perfect place to dump someone. 
or as you previously mentioned, uh, a divorce, get a divorce there. Yeah. Uh, tell your partner of 30 years that you want to leave them, uh, all of a sudden with no warning, they're not going to be able quietly to and subtly, quietly, the subtly, they're not going to be able to argue back because as soon as they do, the bartender will shush them. You'd be like, honey, I would like to start seeing other people. And they're like, what the fuck? And then boom. It's like a, being a, a little library yep. with good food. Yeah. It's and poor ambiance. I would argue that if, you know, if they have any brains at all, that restaurant has to start marketing themselves towards the users of apps like Ashley Madison and whatever mm-hmm. sort of things that tear spouses apart, partners apart. That restaurant is perfect for those people. That's where you want to go to get rid of your partner. Here's where my problem lies, though. If it becomes so popular as the place to get dumped, what do you do if, uh, you know, all of a sudden your husband of 34 years says, honey, let's go to Angelo's tonight. Uh, You know what's happening, right? So do you have to do everything in your power to avoid going so that he won't divorce you? Because I feel like as the place to be, that's the only place you can actually get divorced at, and it's legally binding. It's very compelling. if you... Right? Like, if you avoid going for dinner for the next, you know, 30 years of your life, you're fine. Your marriage is safe and uh, probably healthy. Yep. It's kind of like that Seinfeld episode where the, the woman's trying to break up with George and he just refuses to pick up the phone because he knows as exactly. soon as he, if he can avoid her, then she can't dump him. Uh, if you're dating and you never see your partner for another 30 years, you technically can't break, get broken up. No. Away. Well, nowadays you can because we have texting. Throw your phone away. Ooh, good point. Good point. Yeah, I'm gonna, honey. I'm gonna go hike the Himalayas. I'll see you in 30 years. We're still dating, right? Yep. As she's like typing her an email. Yeah, sure. Yep. But reality, you know, you're gonna be together forever. Yeah. Lovebirds. I have been debating, uh, in my head, getting off of all social media. Mm-hmm. And that basically puts me within one step of being uncontactable if i have no social media i just have text and email and i guess obviously mm-hmm. phone call if i found myself in a relationship which is not you know on the radar uh, by any means but if i were to accidentally stumble into such an arrangement um i, I would make it very difficult to be to be uh broken up with especially if i if i yeah. decide to you know forego a phone entirely i'm only reachable through like fax Facts or Telegram, yep. Latin, um, you know, carvings on stones. Yes. Leave me, leave me a cave wall drawing of how you want to dump me, and I will hopefully stumble across it in my travels. Yeah, don't, don't tell me where it is. No, I want to be surprised. Yeah, if you're gonna dump, <laughs> surprise divorce. If you're gonna dump me or, or divorce me, just, just, just leave it on a wall somewhere. Write it in a bathroom stall, and hopefully I'll find it when I stumble into the bathroom of like a Seven Eleven. And if you're dead by the time I find it, I, you know, that's too bad. Yeah. That's your fault. <laughs> you should have been more direct. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, that old phrase, call me, beat me if you want to reach me. Oh, yeah. Kim Possible, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Was it Kim Possible? I thought it was Hillary Duff. No, that was when the, the rain comes down and washes me away or something. It was it was Nazi propaganda. No, that's Alanis Morris. No, nope, that's, that's you ought to know. Ironic. Ironic that you would bring up Alanis. Did you know her and I are from like the same place? See, I don't believe that. It's true. And also, I okay, this this is I'm not even making this up. Uh 
it's weird because, um, so like I'm from west of, like the core of Ottawa, like in right, you know, the suburbs, and when obviously like I grew the first twenty two years of my life, I was there. The people I met were from there. We all talk the yeah, same. Yeah, I would assume. Yeah. And then I moved here, and people were like, you have an accent. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, you're from Toronto, and I'm from Ottawa. Like, I don't have an accent. And people kept saying this. And then they said it. I heard other friends of mine got the same thing. They went out into the wider world, and people were like, you have an accent. And they're like, what? We don't have yeah. an accent. And then, like, a couple weeks ago, one of my buddies was showing his girlfriend, like, some of my music. And the girlfriend said, oh, he sounds like, he sounds like Alanis Morissette. <laughs> which is weird. I mean, I don't think she meant in like a like a female way, but like, there's an accent you're, you're, to people from Ottawa yeah. Valley, like at wet, like west of Ottawa. I don't know what it is. I don't know what the accent is. It just apparently we all have a way of speaking. It's yeah. It's funny because I, I mean, obviously as someone who has an accent, I don't think I have an accent. Yeah. Um, as everyone <laughs> has an accent, does, and everyone literally everyone has an accent. Yep. But it's funny, yeah, because, like, we're Canadian. We don't have too many different accents. Like, we, we maybe have, like, three or four. Mm -hmm. And they're all I in Quebec. Tell, yeah, they're all in Quebec, you know, the east side. But, like, you can still always kind of tell that someone's not from around town based on, like, one or two words that they say weird. Um, yeah. So a funny example is I have some family from the from the Calgary, from the west side. And they pronounce milk as milk. M E L K. M E L K. Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah, L K. I'm having everything a else is completely normal, and then they say that one word, and you're like, oh, you're not from here. Yeah, get a you know, go go back to where you came. Go from. fuck yourself. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's horrible. It's it's mean and derogatory to milk. Um, but yeah, it's funny because even when you speak, I can tell that you have an accent of what is probably described as like a moron. Right. It's very very noticeable. No, I've been I've been told uh, by many people, including. Uh, mostly my own family members that I, I, I exude qualities of a uh, person with a low IQ. Yeah. You sound like an idiot. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Not just in my, which makes sense. Cause it, you know, it's from where you're from. You can't change. No, that. I come from a land of, st of stupidity and, and, and um, privilege. Um, well, I come from a land down under Yeah, Ooh. and one day we will rise up. Oh, I thought you were going to just keep going with that song. Is that the next lyric in that song? Yeah. Is it? Yes. I you haven't heard it. I, no, I've One heard day it. We will rise I didn't know that was the next scorch lyric. the earth. That's not, yeah. that cannot be. I think we're talking about different songs. What song are you talking about? What, from the land down under, the, the uh, Outback Steakhouse theme song. That's the Outback Steakhouse. I thought it was, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, my Lord. One one day we will rise up. We will scorch the earth. It, it goes on like I that, you feel, know. I feel, there's no way. There's no way. Yeah, I'm Googling true. it right now. There's not a chance. Why do you think they put pentagrams in the cities? I don't know. I uh, I, I, I'm at a loss for words, but I mean, it's, it's how the song goes. It's not very subtle that it's considering, you know, a, lo a lot of people don't realize this conspiracy theory is true. It's actually not very subtle. Right. Okay. So here it's saying that, Hmm. I come from a land down under where beer does flow and men chunder chunder. Does that mean vomit? It does. We always say me and my friends have always said, Oh, he chundered. Right. He ralphed. But those are the edited those are the edited lyrics. Right, um, to to get away of, from the uh satanic the government. Right. 
Yeah. Right. But the true, real facts, lyrics are, we come from a land down under, uh, one day we will rise up, scorch the earth, you know, blah, blah, it blah. It doesn't rhyme. It's very onion-themed. Very heavy on the onion-themed lyrics. Right. Layers. Like an ogre. Layers. Yeah. Like Shrek. Yeah. Donkey. <laughs> <laughs> That's my Eddie Murphy. <laughs> That's not Eddie Murphy. Donkey was Eddie yeah. Murphy. You just did the voice of Mike Myers. No, I did the Shrek. Yeah. Mike Myers. You thought Eddie Murphy no. was voicing Shrek? Yeah, the Shrek. You know he was a cartoon character? Yes. Sure. Sure you did. <laughs> Mm. You, you're re- That's conspiracy. <laughs> no, no, no. You're, refer- episode, you're referring. You're refer- you just referred to. Do you need to know he was a cartoon character as if there was a Shrek pre Shrek that was also a cartoon and then they made a cartoon? There was. But but then the movies, <laughs> he's also a cartoon. Also, Eddie Murphy voiced Donkey. He didn't voice Shrek. No, Shrek was a humorous children's book published in 1990 by American book writer and cartoonist William Steig about a repugnant and monstrous green creature who leaves home to see the world and ends up saving a princess. Huh. And that, that book served as the basis for the first Shrek movie and the popular Shrek film series over a decade after its publication. I didn't know that. I, I realized, actually... Re- There's a lot of things you don't know. I most I, I don't know about that. I know almost all the things. Exactly. You don't know how much you don't know. No, I'm, I'm directly countering that. I say I, I know, almost, all of the things. All of the things that there are to be known. I've, I've accumulated them in my, receptacles. So do you think one times one equals two? Yeah. No. What? Mm. <laughs> As a mathlete who got eliminated very early, uh, I'm gonna say no. I think Terrence Howard is out to lunch, and I'd like to take him out to lunch. To get more, uh, more time to uh, talk about his viewpoints and uh, his math. You know where I would take him to? Outback Steakhouse, baby. Or Danny Trails Taco Truck. Fuck yeah. Best tacos in the tri-state area. Danny, don't do delivery, nah. everybody. Thank you to our sponsor this week. You didn't This has been the Green Hour. I was going to say. Kurt, no. Band, Fred, Booth, Naredi. Booth, Cliff Booth. I thought you said he wasn't a sponsor. We're making him our sponsor, inadvertently by promoting Trails Taco Trucks, only available in the Los Angeles Tri-State County. For more details, visit www. Wait, it's Los Angeles? I thought New York was Tri-State. What is the Tri-State area? I was going to ask you that. I don't don't know what it is. Does anyone know? It's like, what are regionals? (laughs) Everyone in America, we got to go to regionals. What what region? And... It's one, it's one of my favorite episodes of Community when they join the Glee Club and like, we're going to make regionals and there's no one gets it. No, It's a conspiracy. Yeah. Regionals don't exist. I don't know what they are. It's a way to perpetuate the myth. You know what it is? Because I feel like you and I did not compete competitively uh, or compete at, uh, all. at all in anything. <laughs> like I, no, like I played sports, but like, was it competitive? No, we lost every game. There was no competition. Yeah. There was no regionals. No. We just traveled like. You can't tw- compete if you lose. No, that's not c- competing. We it was a predetermined end. We came from like borderline hick town, and we played mm-hmm. against increasingly hicker towns where like the guys were like raised on a farm, so they like right. they like ran to like practice from like twenty four miles away, or they like rode a tractor in, and then. And then played a full three-hour game of soccer. Yeah, and they were like, and then ran back. Two hundred and forty pounds at like age twelve, and I was like, right, like eighty-six pounds, like soaking yeah. wet. And I would play soaking wet to add to like, you know, 
intimidation factor. Like, well, that guy's fucking soaking wet. Like, I don't. What happened to him? Well, that Danny Trejo's taco truck. We make sure all their taco meat is soaked early in salsa and tomatillo, so that you get the great taco flavor. It's Timothee. Danny it's Trejo's Timothee homemade. Chalamet. That's what Tomat- you mean. Tomatillo tacos. Timothee Chalamet is inside of these tacos. Yeah, everything at Danny Trejo's taco truck is an alliteration. Yes, including the name. S- including the name, Trejo's Taco Truck. Yeah. For more information, visit dannytrejo.edu. .ca. <laughs> <laughs> .ca. All right, guys, this has been the uh, Green Hour with Kurt Manfred, Stu Loretti. We are at the hour. We're cutting out. Are we? That went by really fast. Just, yeah, I know. We're at a, we're almost an hour. We we can we oh. can cut it and call it the the Green Fifty Five Minutes and Thirty Four Seconds That's with Kurt Manfred, and Stu Loretti. Sounds good to me. All right, let's let's end this, and we'll uh, see you the next on the episode next. I'll see you. <laughs>